So if you could be here around nine, that would be great. Okay. Well, listen here. Hello, and welcome to 90 Day Fiance Okay. I'm Mr. O, and today, Miss H and I will be discussing season three, episode 10 of The Other Way. In this episode, Benny is acting so bad that his sister snitches on him. Steven gives a very off-key proposal. The timing of Mexican weddings takes Kenny's wish away. Victor and Ellie bicker over who gets to be cranky. Corey manages to snake his way back into the house. And Samit's parents just gross everyone out with their sinus cleaning. As always, we'll end with our students of the week, class dances, and life lessons. If you like what you hear, please leave us a five-star rating and subscribe. And if you also watch Love After Lockup, you should listen to our other podcast, Love After Lockup MK. All right, thanks for listening. Stay safe and enjoy. Hello, Mr. O. Hello, Miss H. How are you today? I'm doing pretty good. We got through Halloween. You know, we got to see everybody's fun costumes or whatever. Yes, they were I like love Halloween. A million Ted Lassos and everything. I felt like on my, at least on my social media account, like every dude over 40 was Ted Lasso, by oh, the way. Oh, really? I saw a lot of Squid Game, which was odd to me when you get the kiddos involved. It's just like, did they watch it? It seems kind of inappropriate. Oh, it, it's massively. It's one of those things. I, my kids are both in middle school. And I was like, hey, I've been watching the show. They're like, oh, yeah, my, our people are watching. I was like, you cannot watch it. And they're like, oh, yeah, we get that. We can't watch it. That's fine. <laughs> like, uh, yeah. Super... I, honestly, I don't even know why young people would want to watch it. I watched the first two episodes and I had to stop. It was just way too violent for me. I couldn't mm-hmm. stomach it. But, but actually bringing it to the show, did you see um, Yara and uh, Jovi's Halloween costumes that they no, put on I Instagram? Didn't. Oh, it was amazing. They uh, dressed up like Mike and Natalie. Oh, no, that's hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> and then a uh, little Milo was the was the rat, the Puya rat. <laughs> like sitting oh, in no. Yara's lap. It's great. It was I really clever. I love it. That is so witty. All right. Well, speaking of great couples, because we really only have one. <laughs> You know, pretty much, pretty much. (laughs) In this whole group, uh, we got Kenny and Armando. So Armando is managing the RSVP list to the wedding, and he updates Kenny that his father has not RSVP'd yet. And they speculate that his response will probably just be last minute. The wedding is a month away, and they're finalizing all the details. So they meet at the venue in wine country with their two wedding planners, Carlos and Hugo. Kenny's letting Armando make most of the decisions, and Kenny's only strong opinion is that he wants to say the vows right at sunset. The planners are saying the wedding should start at 4 or 5, and sunset is usually around 7, you know, so they can maximize the number of hours that are spent celebrating. Armando is siding with the planners and saying, yep, we gotta start early, while Kenny thinks an 8-hour wedding and reception seems a little lengthy and unreasonable. On their way home, Kenny confronts Armando about his siding with the planners. Armando argues that you can't negotiate with the son. Kenny felt like Armando wasn't considering his feelings. And before, you know, we have any kind of conflict because it's Kenny or Armando, Armando does apologize. They kiss (laughs) and they make up. Kenny is disappointed that the one thing he wanted, he just can't have. Armando then shares with Kenny a text he got from his Aunt Brenda regarding Armando's dad's feelings about him being gay and his lifestyle. His dad says he doesn't agree with it, but he supports Armando and he just doesn't want any over-the-top PDA from them, and that'll make it okay for him. Armando says it makes it hard to talk about his gay life, and he's upset that he thought his dad was farther along in his journey to acceptance. Kenny thinks that Armando should reach out and says that it would mean the world to them that, you know, kind of prompting his dad to come to the wedding. Later, Armando hears from a family member that Armando's dad will not be attending the wedding, and he's using the excuse that he doesn't feel comfortable leaving the house unattended for the weekend. Kenny urges Armando to call his dad and try to appeal to him. Armando does call his dad and says that his support means a lot to him, and his dad says that he just can't support him on this, and points out that, you know, it's okay because you'll have other family support there. Armando tells us that if his dad can't support him now, he doesn't want him in his life. 
All right. Do you think that there's any possibility that there'll be some kind of surprise appearance and that this was all just fabricated drama for the show? It maybe. Um, I think it's. I don't know. The key, it seems kind of to be the dad's style anyway. Forget the mm-hmm. fabricated drama part to just wait until the last minute and begrudgingly yes. be like, fine, I'm here. Like, right. And so like leaving the spot open is probably the right move. I don't know. It's a produce because I don't think he would do it because the show's produced that dad doesn't want to be on this show. Like yeah. he doesn't care about he's not he's not of all the clout chasers he's Armando's <laughs> dad is not a clout chaser he is not, <laughs> not at all. like boofing up his Instagram follower account by being on this no, show right he no. does not care at all what the show does or if anybody is on this show ever again if anything he seems almost embarrassed to be on camera so yes. we know he's right. not <laughs> he's not right. gunning for a pillow talk spot or anything. Yes, and I actually wonder, now that you said that, if that's something that they're like, if that has something to do with it. If he, if he, When he was talking about the over the top and the blah, 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 if what he was really talking about was, I don't want to be there for like, you know, eight, ten hours while you're filming this freaking TV show, like, and be there for all that and have them do all the cake stuff and want it to be big drama and everything. It's like, I don't want to deal with that. Like, I, I, I'm a little bit curious as to how much it was – how much it has to do with that instead of just like, we don't want to watch the men's kiss. The men's kissing is bad. And, uh, I can't handle it. I can't stomach it. Yeah. I, I think that in a very weird way, it's him kind of sending a message that he begrudgingly accepts. Right. Uh-huh. Because it's like at the end of the day, he is supportive and he does accept it. But... He's still not super happy about it, but he's doing it because he loves them. So it's almost like I don't know if it's just all of this is consistent with him feeling that way or if he's really trying to drive home a point. You know, if I told you from the very beginning that I was going to go and that I had every intention of going, then you would never know that I don't necessarily agree with this. True. True. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he's definitely sending a message in the the matter of. Matter, fact of the matter is how strong is the message going to be? Because he's always – they always are so bad with the excuses for him. He's I at know, the right? store. He's at the store. Uh, somebody needs to stay with the house. And it's like literally any of the 40 people that live there could stay. But no, it's got to be you. You're the one who has to stay. The way they were talking about it, the whole compound is probably invited, right? Sure. But OK. But if the whole compound's invited and he really wants somebody to be there, I feel like there's a less uh, – you know – important part or somewhat a little bit more distant i feel like that that would get the you know designated survivor role to stay right. in the compound for everybody yeah. like you're not like oh the vice president has to stay no no no, no. like the president isn't going to come to the to the state of the union no no no, no. you can't have that <laughs> he's got to stay and watch the white house <laughs> i mean it is a very flimsy excuse i'm definitely uh yeah agree with you on that um because it's like well, what is one person going to really do and what Exactly, are trying to protect anyway, right? Uh, yeah, and it, yeah, the, the roving bands of people like going around, like yeah, natural disasters. Like, how are you going to stop any of no, that? You're definitely you know? you're not going to stop. Yeah, if, if if people were going to like overrun the compound and steal things, if there's one right. dude there, they're still going to do it. Like, they're going to stop them. Like, I definitely am, I know how much a per- one person can stop. But can we talk about this? Oh, you've never been to a Mexican wedding. They're 14 hours long and they have to start at 10 in the morning. And like we can't change things, the order of things to fit the one thing that you wanted to happen. We must do it exactly the Mexican way. And that is the only acceptable way we can do this. That seemed ridiculous to me because they were talking about the cocktail hour. Why can't you have cocktail hour and say vows after? I think people would be pretty happy about that. Yeah. And that's what got me. It was like – because I feel like in America, someone in America generally, or maybe maybe it's my kind of family thing. If you're getting married to somebody and they're like, oh, well, you know, in their culture, they do this. So this was really important to them. So we did it a little bit differently than we would traditionally do it. Most people would be like, okay, cool. Mm-hmm. I mean, especially if I still get to have my cocktails like before the wedding. Yeah. like Right. So I did. I just I just didn't understand why they weren't. There was no discussion about like like that. Like, why can't we have part of the party before the wedding and then kind of stop and do the ceremony right at sunset and then do more after? And they're like, no, that's unacceptable. Your wedding is at three o'clock in the afternoon. So 
live yeah. with it, move on. I don't know, or have some kind of compromise. Like what it would have, like a compromise to me would have been maybe their first dance because it could have been right at sunset, you know, because like photo opportunities and things like that, sure. or have some of one of the major things be at sunset. Right, and that, that to me it was a bigger issue with the planners who like clearly already have a wedding planned, regardless of what Kenny and Armando want. Yeah, they just already have this wedding planned, and they're like just kind of like we're pretending that your input matters, but. It does not. You, you can put your cake on a barrel, I guess. But other than that, everything's set. We got everything. Yeah. And especially, you know, it's the other thing that bothers me about them is their uh, like insistence. Well, Mexicans in Mexico, we like to party. So we go for six hours. Oh, That's because in Mexico, not like those Americans. Because Kenny was like, an American reception is like three hours. Yeah, because no one – because I don't know. I think for – all the weddings that I've been to that have been kind of long, like people start leaving early anyway. So it's like, yeah, it's still yes. going, but right. And the people and the people who tend to st- and the people who tend to stay are like freaking blackout drunk after three hours. So like, what are you gonna do <laughs> yeah. for the next three hours? I don't understand. <laughs> but yeah, the old people tend to be like, yeah, but I don't know what they're doing for six hours. Like they are like, I'm tired. Aren't I gonna go to bed? Yeah. yeah. Uh, all right. So speaking of. Uh, I guess weddings that are back on or coming back to back on. Let's talk about Corey and Evelyn because they were just in it for a little while. So they said it's been about a week since they've talked to the couples counselor. And Evelyn has asked to meet up with Corey in town, which he thinks is a good sign. I mean, good enough that he has this stupid shit-eating grin on his face the entire time. (sighs) She says he's mostly relieved that, you know, we saw in the – Within the session that he admitted to doing all the things wrong, but she's disappointed that it had took all this bad shit going down, like him kicking her out, moving in with Raul, Raul, Raul apparently kicking him out too, um, before he would just admit that he did that he came, that he did wrong. So she says that she does want to trust him, but he's got to earn back the trust by putting in a hundred times the effort that he put in at the beginning of the relationship. But what she wanted uh, for him when she kicked him out of what she said, this is kind of what. Her plan was when she kicked him out before the Peru incident was like she thought that was supposed to be the kick in the pants that, you know, if you really cared about me, then instead of just leaving and running off to Peru and, you know, being with this other woman, you would have fought for me. And she feels like since he didn't do that and just listened to what she said and left that he just doesn't care about the relationship. So Corey thinks that in order to solve the problems that they have left, they really can't be living apart anymore. So they come up with a compromise ish. He can move into the next door room and maybe they can do like a couple of movie nights or something. So Netflix, but no word yet on the chill part. <laughs> so Corey has a big, again, stupid shit-eating grin now. Oh, just I know, right? So big. And Evelyn says that, uh, you know, she's going to make him work hard to get her back. But then the scene ends with her hugging him, saying I love you and giving him a kiss. So I'm not sure it's how hard it's going to be. So let's start with that question. Especially given the way the scene ended, given the way she's just pretty much caving on, like, everything. Like, yeah. Is he going to have to work that hard or is he just going to have to be present? Yeah, I think present because I think for her, him admitting the things that he admitted at counseling was like, oh, well, that's enough to make me forget most of what was wrong, right? Mm -hmm. So we're kind of starting at, okay, if we start at A was the beginning where Corey has done absolutely nothing and she has all these demands, right? And then point B is where, you know, she's like, I'm done. And then he has done now all these terrible things, right? Instead of being inactive, now he's actively done terrible things. He's now okay. he is now at point C because he's lying about all those things. He is now back at point B because it's almost like he undid all the terrible things by just admitting. And so kind of in a way, Evelyn kind of still weirdly sees that as progress. Yeah, but I, 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 it's funny because she kind of undercut it and was mm-hmm. like, yeah, you came clean, but like at what point when there was literally nothing else to lose? Like, you yeah. know, it was like it was like what what other options did you have? There was no more lying. I already knew everything. Uh like you're backed up into a corner and you're just like, well, I guess this'll do it. Like that's what it took for him to come clean. And so she mentions that, but then you're right, seems to be like, but whatever, it doesn't matter. You came clean, so that like 
absolves you like of almost everything. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. She I I think she comes off as very much a tough cookie, but yeah. it's pretty evident that she's not. I mean, how many chances has she given him? Right? And right. she still takes him back. On the one hand, I'm just like, gosh, you're such an idiot, right? And I would expect more from someone that I would consider an ice queen. Uh-huh. But as much as she's showing that she is, um, you know, signs of unconditional love and forgiveness, I do think her plan to kind of ease into it is totally reasonable. Now, if she sticks to that plan, that's another story. Yeah. Yeah. I don't. I mean, it is fine. I mean, I don't know that like movie night is the best way, but I can get date nights, <laughs> right? You get, you get date nights. Yes. Date nights, I think is. But I think, but they're also thinking about kind of like the, oh, well, we can just stay at home and be comfortable, like in our own space. That's you know, fair. That's like you're saying, Netflix and possible chill. <laughs> I just, yeah. I mean, I think I just, I just think. For whatever reason, she didn't like being alone. And and when he was, she had that time when she was gone and she does not like being alone. And so it's no, like, she well, doesn't. I can be alone. Or this this And this dude's going to suck up to me for like a while. Like it's going to yeah. be pretty – it's going to be a pretty ideal relationship at least short term where it's just like him like you are, the, you are the best. I am the worst. You're a great person. I'm terrible. Let me get you I feel more like things. That's his like natural, like it kind of is, right? And I guess that was what the biggest issue was for her when all the stuff went down. It was like you've been saying this crap all the time, and clearly it wasn't true. Like clearly it was just like whoever whoever you were getting it from, that's who is like important to you. Yeah, he seems to be a man of many words, but yeah. not enough action. Totally. Totally. Yeah. Yeah, speaking of, we have someone else that's similar to that, although we got a little bit more action this time around, uh, Stephen and Alina. (sighs) Yeah. So Stephen is realizing that Alina is serious about deleting his social media. So he tells her that he wants to read his messages first, and then he'll delete his accounts. He also thinks that it will be a sign of uh, goodwill and good faith if he allows Alina to read the messages to prove that his conversations have been innocent this whole time. Alina reads through the messages. The first one with, she reads. Gosh. With heart <laughs> emojis, invitations to late night hangouts and sleepovers, asking women to see them in their bathing suits, and other various flirty messages. Alina doesn't think Stephen takes things seriously, and he doesn't think there's anything wrong with the messages he has sent. Alina says she fell in love with his chat messages, so she questions how much he cares if he talks to everyone like that. He then tries to defend his chat with one girl by saying that he loves her, but just as a friend. And Alina tells him to go back to America and continue their relationship. It's okay. Steven says that nobody loves her, but Alina says that it doesn't feel that way and she's having a problem expressing exactly how she feels. Alina suggests that they end the relationship and Steven can just continue talking to other women. Stephen says they shouldn't just make a rash decision and says that he will delete his social media and they can go from there. He makes an attempt at downloading his photos and deletes his account. Alina points out that she just can't instantly trust him. Stephen then tries to change the subject by suggesting they go out for ice cream. Stephen is worried that Alina won't forgive him, so then he tries to hide a gift for Alina while she's not looking. He said he packed a bunch of random gifts for Alina for strategic moments like this. Good God. Idiots. Like, so you Uh, were expecting to fuck up a whole bunch of times and so you needed forgiveness gifts. So you planned that in advance. That's what it sounds like. Yeah. Stupid. Yeah. So he says uh, he also, uh, you know, buys her a bunch of flowers on the street and he's really trying hard to make things better. He attempts to apologize for his flirty text messages and not following through with uh, his social media deletion. He then presents to her a Book of Mormon where he has written a lovely dedication. This melts Alina's heart and she can't stop smiling and she accepts his apology. Alina forgives him easily because she believes in fairy tales and because she really she admits she hasn't dated much. 
Stephen then mm-hmm. ruins it by saying that he left space in, you know, the front of the book to write something else if they get in another fight. Later, Stephen is planning to propose to Lena on a boat. Stephen has also written a song for the occasion that he is planning on performing for her, and he practices the entire plan proposal with the captain acting as Lena. Later, Alina and Stephen uh, get on the boat, and as they're approaching waterfalls, Stephen thinks this is the best time to play his song and propose. He sings the song kind of off-key with about kinda, a total of five different notes. <laughs> kind of off-key? <laughs> well, I mean, how off-key can you be when there's really only five notes in the entire song? Well, you can know. miss every, you can miss all five <laughs> notes. You need to tune that piano. What are you, what are you doing? Oh, I my love you like good. <laughs> Oh my gosh, it was it was bad. It was yeah, definitely like a kids like nursery rhyme type thing. Yes. Kind of sing-songy and yeah. But couplets. anyways, Alina yeah, is all crying. Exactly. Yeah, she starts off crying <sighs> and then I don't know if she thinks of the absurdity of it all, but then she ends up laughing, but in the end she accepts the proposal. Okay. Um we definitely had a roller coaster of emotions with Alina here. Um do you think that Alina will from this point on fully trust steven <sighs> maybe no i mean i think he's gonna do something else i think she thinks she might but he's gonna keep doing stuff that's gonna make her be like uh i don't trust you again oh well, i don't he's trust already you already like getting insurance for all the stupid shit that he's planning on doing accidentally later i can't everything about this entire thing for both of them Mm-hmm. Is just they're just so childish. It's like watching yeah. two fifteen-year-olds getting engaged. It's like what yeah. the shit are you doing? He had. Uh, did you see like the I mean, uh, even when it was like little things, like the ring had like a heart-shaped stone. Oh, like God, it's like oh no. my god, that's <laughs> oh hell no. <laughs> there will be no heart-shaped diamonds in my future. <laughs> I, I I I yes, I was like I noticed it was a heart-shaped stone, and I was like oh Miss H would hate that. Oh my god, no, I do. I, like, do I feel like everybody that. who's over the age of a, a not a teenager anymore <laughs> is like, why would you get a heart-shaped stone? Why would you sing an oh, off-key song to me? Why would you yeah. write a random poem? About moonlight shining is a way to get out of flirting with other girls. What are you doing? None of this makes sense. But she is just so naive. Like, she's just as immature as he is. Yes. The thing that really pissed me off the most about that um, was Stephen, like, what? What's wrong? I don't even get why you would be upset over these messages. I showed you these messages. And, like, not getting that it's flirty. But then literally, like, ten minutes later, he's like, I apologize for the flirty messages that I sent. And, like, here, like, forgive me. I'm going to buy you and shower you with love and gifts. And it's just like, why would you have to do that if you just said that you didn't understand oh what was wrong? Oh, my God. Yeah. Because well, he, he tried to pull – the thing that and, and the thing that racist people try to pull where they say something super racist, but they don't exactly say like black people do this. They say like something that implies it. And you're like, that was mm-hmm. super racist. And they're like, I didn't say anything about race. Maybe you're, the you're one who racist made it about for race. thinking that I said <laughs> exactly. it, that I meant right? that. And that's the same thing. Look at all these things I said. I didn't say anything about my penis. I didn't say anything about having sex or hooking up. I just said, why don't you come over tonight? <laughs> Just oh like, because we're not idiots. Like, we know context, man. Stupid. Uh, yeah, I really dislike this kid. Like, the more we see him, the more I'm just like, oh, how are you getting through life? And it, it just, like, it really bothers me that Alina keeps on falling for it, giving him chances. Eating it up, not just falling for it. I just want her to bitch slap him or punch him in the face really hard and then I will feel like oh, so yeah. satisfied with the show. Yes. I mean just like I want him to read that stupid poem from her book and have her take the book and just drop it in a trash can and walk away. Like that's what I wanted to do because it was yes. like that was some bullshit. What the hell was that right. man? Like but – You I, okay. know he's going to get destroyed if they do a tell-all. Oh All these God. other adults around. Oh, the, yeah, the, the adults. Gonna... Oh my God. Yeah. yeah, like yeah. I can't imagine. Like who? Wait, who else? Who else is gonna really get them? Um, you know. I hope I'm Evelyn looking at them though. Evelyn would. Yeah, Evelyn oh, would. Yeah. I'll Evelyn. give you that. She's uh, yes. coming for you, Stephen. <laughs> yeah. 
because it's just it, it and it's just I just I, the other thing is just I feel like I don't feel like they were all there because I definitely don't think every guy was this guy, right? Yeah. And I don't say every girl was this girl, but like we've seen, we saw those people when we were in high school, mm-hmm. right? We saw those people, we saw those kind of couples, and we saw the girls who were super naive, and we just like we're old enough that we're like, run away, run away! I know yeah. what's happening. It doesn't How do you get not any see better it? Run away. than this. <laughs> <laughs> if anything, it gets worse than this. Get out now! <laughs> get out now! He's not going to change because right. his mom had the right read. I was like, what? He's a fucking child. What the? And the way he talks even and the way he like flaps his arms around when he talks and like kind of does a thing. It's just like, are you 12? You look like you're acting like you're 12. And I don't yeah. get it. You Ugh. know, it. he kind of reminds me a little bit of Brandon, of Brandon and Julia. But the difference is that Julia has no problem like putting Brandon in his place. You know, the difference, the biggest difference here is that. Alina is not putting him in his place. And so I, I just need that. I, I need the Julia to come out of Alina. Brandon is child was childish, but he, he mm-hmm. wouldn't – I can't possibly imagine him writing a poem or a song and reading it for Julia on the on the camera. I don't know. I kind of wouldn't put it past him. I'm like if you – actually, the more I think about it, the more I think that they are very similar. Like Brandon used to do that crap all the time, like try to change the subject, make yes. a lighthearted joke to yeah, like I, I, get out of something. No, no, no. That, those, are, those are similar, but the fact that Stephen, like with the gifts, has them goddamn staged. He has them locked yes. and loaded and ready to go. So he knows. He knows. Stupid. Yeah. Yeah, and that really kind of shows me that he knows and is more aware than he's letting on. He's trying to play dumb. Yes. Oh, like, I didn't know you would be offended by that. I had no idea you'd be – I had no idea you actually intended me to delete my social media. It's like, you're an idiot. Yeah, well, you're right. But I think you're right. I think he's playing idiot. He knows exactly what he's doing. He knows – No, he does. If it doesn't go the way I want to, I'll just whip out one of my strategically placed presents – and we'll be good to go again. We'll be all set. No problem. And you know what's sad is he has it all planned because he thinks and kind of being shown that that freaking works. Oh, it absolutely works. It's it's, <sighs> and and I mean I can only yes, and that's why you need somebody to put him in his place because that, yeah. somebody is gonna somebody's gonna he's gonna do that and they're gonna be like, what the hell was that? Like right, that was. Right. Now that makes me look at the whole, remember when he got her the cat purse? Mm-hmm. That came out right after she found out that he wasn't a virgin. Yeah. So it started early. But mom didn't, mom didn't know at that point, right? Because that's the thing, is the person that's going to put him in his place, the person that bitch slaps him down is mom. Like she yeah. knows exactly what he's doing. No, this is when mom, she, they didn't get a chance to talk about it because you know, Alina was going to pick up her mom. And so they had gotten there and it was awkward. So Stephen thinks now is the uh, chance for strategic a present. forgiveness gift. Yeah, he just picked the wrong one or didn't – yeah, didn't get it. All right. So moving on to – I'm going to go to Ellie and Victor. So Ellie and Victor are back on their way to Providencia with the supplies they bought from the hardware store last time. They're only going to be able to stay for a few nights due to the lack of roof on their house, but Victor is really anxious to get started fixing things up. Ellie, on the other hand, is already feeling overwhelmed about living in these conditions. Uh, there's only so much, you know, to do that – there is actually so much to do that it's a challenge when they get there. Just, like, figure out what to do first. And, like, it seems like every time Ellie tries to get started by something – with something, she gets distracted. Oh, there's water on the floor. Let me get this water. But then the other's oh, wet clothes over here. And uh, we got to move these drums. And like everything is just like distracting her from the job at hand. But she, all this like – and that's kind of really starting to get under Victor's skin because they're really not prioritizing the same jobs. Victor wants to just use the drill. So yeah, she's having yeah. <laughs> some pretty strong feelings about the whole situation but doesn't really want to bring it up with him because it seems like he's in an angry mood. We kind of see this angry mood later as he's sweeping water out of the house and she was supposed to do the dishes and they bicker over whether the water was on or not. But uh, it was really more of a the water's on. Why would you think the water's on? I didn't know she said the water's on. They just like sort of fighting over it. One of those couple fights over nothing. So Ellie is that kind of starting to get reminded about how big of an asshole Victor can be. And 
then start to think if she's giving all this money, why is she doing this to somebody who, you know, treats her like this? So after the sun goes down, there's not much else to do but have a fire, which they light with what looks like using way too much lighter fluid. Anyway, Ellie is still upset with the way the day went and she wants to talk to him about it. She understands that he's stressed, but it's not really fair for her him to be such a jerk to her. So when he asks how she's feeling about the house for the first night, she brings up, you know, you know, how he was talking really shitty to her and blah, blah, blah. And he's first he gets defensive about like, I wasn't talking to you any differently than I usually do. But then kind of pivots to, ah, you're asking me to pretend like everything's okay and a hurricane destroyed my house and blah, blah, blah. He kind of frames it to producers that they just kind of need to be more patient with each other. And she explains that what she's thinking is something along the lines of why am I helping you if it doesn't even seem like you like me, right? So at this kind of, you know, hint that she might be thinking about getting out of here, he seems to start getting the picture a little bit more. But at the end of the conversation, they just kind of acknowledge that they need to pay attention to each other's feelings. So I don't know. How big of a jerk do you think each person was being in the, during this whole like incident, especially the – is there water in the sink incident? <laughs> um, quite honestly, I thought Victor was being a bit rough. Um, I think what's kind of difficult about this situation is that I understand that Victor is, as he tells production, kind of traumatized and going through something, you know, and just really not in a headspace to be a kind partner right now. But I think what makes this situation especially difficult, especially for Ellie, is that, you know, she doesn't feel appreciated. She doesn't have to be there. So you're not going to appreciate me. I'm the one who's funding this operation. Right. You know, and so it's like to feel like, you know, that you're not being appreciated, that you're being taken advantage of, and yeah. that someone doesn't actually, like, love you, and that just sees you for what you're giving them and treats you like shit, I'd be out of there in two seconds and just be like, you can get your shit together, and once <laughs> you figure this out, I can come back. Yeah, I mean, it, 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 it struck me as his mood was just like, uh, this sucks, I've been working all day. I'm tired, I'm like probably hungry and I'm cranky. And then like, she's like, what about the water? And he's like, what the fuck, why would you not think there's water? There's water in the sink. What do you, uh, uh, right? Um, and I don't think he is, especially if he's not like been in relationships a long time, that's a hard impulse to be able to tamp down and not yes. just to snap at people. Um, right. Because I don't know that, uh, I don't know that he is completely unappreciative. Um, but or if he just doesn't understand the level of, um, you know, signs, the level of communication she needs to feel appreciated. Yes. Right. Yes. I think that's definitely a, a mismatch. Right. And I think that's why this situation is kind of difficult as well, because it's like you're not in the right headspace to kind of show your appreciation but you also kind of have to understand that, you know, she can choose this situation. I know you can't choose the situation, but she can. And so yeah. it's like, you know, she could be out of there. And so I think that's why it's like he had that realization like, oh, she could leave. Right. I better be nice to her, which it, it's kind of sad that it has to come to that before you like – you know, are on your better behavior. You should always try to be the best version of yourself, right? Well, that's the that's the feel, and that but that's the feeling of the feeling of being taken for granted, right? And that yeah. is a super common thing, right, among mm -hmm. relationships. And it's just like, and it, because of that definite, I wouldn't say if you are being taken for granted. You know, people tend to think about the things that are there, and we'll, I just take this as okay. We have to work on something else, and and she hasn't quite bought into this is my home yet and this is our job to do. But that is partially his fault too because he's like, why are you doing the clothes? You shouldn't be doing this everything. Uh, you don't, do, don't do the thing that you want. Like I'm in charge of his job. You're just in my way. It's pretty much the mm -hmm. kind of the way he's treating her the whole time. And so yeah. like I get, I get where it's coming from and it, it's not terrible. It, at, let's say at the end when she communicated like at the fire, right? And was yeah. like – no, like, let me tell you what, what I thought about today was one instead of like, 
you know, yelling about the, how was I supposed to know that wasn't supposed to be water on? I'm not supposed to, like, that's the stuff that's not productive conversation because arguing about whether or not the uh, plumbing is working was not the uh, source of the the conflict for real. Right, right. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I've said this kind of from the beginning, you know, ever since the hurricane was was introduced into their storyline. It's just that this is like just a difficult situation having nothing to do with their relationship right Right. having to deal with like rebuilding and the state of mind someone is when basically everything in their life has kind of been like taken from them you know and so and having to rebuild that's difficult those kind of things like i'm sure like if you just looked at you know stable couples and things like that happen i'm sure the amount of divorces go up in the terms of trying to deal with the aftermath of that of those kind of things, just because people don't deal with it the same way and they don't deal with it in, in um, you know, maybe compatible ways. But like her and it, it just it's I don't see how it's going to work if she's not committed to rebuilding and staying there. And he is. Yeah. Like it's not going to work because she's like, I don't even know if I want to stay here tonight. Like and he's like, we're staying here forever now. This is our home. And she's like, ah. And that's just that's a really big uh, disagreement there that they're not really acknowledging. Yeah, I was kind of confused about her level of commitment to begin with, because I know at the very beginning they were talking about they were trying to get him to the U.S. and they just didn't want to wait that long. And it had nothing to to do with anything else. It just had to do with, well, this might take a few years. So in the meantime, I'm going to go down there. So it sounds like they're still already in the process of doing paperwork stuff for the U.S. and that it seems like at least I got this impression from her interviews that she was only going to go to Providencia to like hang out and wait for visa stuff to happen. And then right. they would go back. Yeah. So she was she's just going to hang out about and bartend and, and live in this house right. for a while. And then they were going to go back eventually. Sure. Yeah. But then it, that also confused me because I got that impression, but then it's like, but if you're coming back in a couple years, why are you selling off everything? Like you're never coming back. I mean, that was a Well, I mean, it, <sighs> Because I think she was, I think she still acknowledged it was going to be probably a multi-year process, mm-hmm. and it's easier to kind of do that, do your providencia stuff, and then you know find something else when you come back, or I don't know, save up enough to retire. I don't know. I don't know. Well, it is a little confusing, but I could understand you can't run your pizza restaurant while you're living in Colombia. I guess this doesn't work. Right. Yeah, but I mean, I feel like you could still own it and have like the right people manage it. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. Okay. Speaking of retirement, let's talk about yeah. Jenny and Sam. Oh my god! <laughs> this was such a cringy. Like it, was, it made me so uncomfortable. Like the entire time. I, I mean, I kept watching it though. It was yeah, very Oof. very bad. So, Samit is checking in with his parents, Sadna and Anil, to see how they slept, and they complain about the mosquitoes. Samit also tells them that Jenny is sick with vomit and diarrhea, so she's in bed still resting. They are all, by that, Samit, Sadna, and Anil, drinking tea outside, and Sadna accuses Jenny of faking being sick and being disrespectful by staying in bed past six, resting. Samit says it seems like she really is sick, but Sadna insists that Jenny must wake up for the morning routine of prayers, bath, breakfast. Sadna barges in and tells her she doesn't look very sick, and they came here to teach her things, so she should get up out of bed. Jenny says she might feel better after a bath, even though she is insulted and mad at the accusations of her faking it. Later, Jenny is asked to do yoga with the family. Jenny thinks that this is just a plot to make her look bad again, but she really isn't given much of a choice. It ends up that Sadna used to teach yoga, and she thinks that if Jenny learned yoga, maybe she would be healthier and not get sick. Jenny is struggling to keep up, and Sadna thinks that she is just better than Jenny because they're the same age, and she can do yoga, so she's so much healthier. Then this is so uncomfortable. I like just wanted to like grab my sinuses and like clutch them. Oh my God. 
It wasn't even the sign. It was the noises. Oh, my God. Yeah, go ahead. Oh, yeah. It was. Yeah, it was a lot of it. So the parents then are putting mustard oil in their nose and then they do a neti, which is basically like weaving a tube from your nose to the back of your throat through your mouth. So there's a there's a lot of coughing and gagging. I'll tell you that. And uncomfortable looks as Jenny is just looking on a bit horrified. Um, Then they say, you do it. And Jenny just refuses to try it. And it was kind of unclear if everyone got their own netty. It it looked like like it might have been the same one. I think so. (laughs) Sadna asks, how will you stay young? And Jenny says, I'll use facial creams. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my God. All like, right. So what made you the most uncomfortable with this segment? The, definitely the get. Okay. So, yeah, I, I watched this one with my, with my girlfriend and she literally hid under a blanket when they were doing the netty Ugh. thing. Like, was just like, Ugh. it was like, because it wasn't just, it was the gagging noises. It was like just the gagging. The gagging. It was the look on their faces. Like, yes. I get it. They're used to it. But they it just. The, it didn't like, look like the, they were used to it. They were no, like. They, it didn't. Both of them. Both of them looked, looked like, like they, they wanted they could, to vomit. They could throw up at any moment. Like, both of them yeah. looked like that. And they're Oof. doing this thing. It was like, oh, my God. That's and it horrifying. Was like uncomfortably horrifying. long segment. Like, why are we watching this for so long? So, so long. And then she did it. was like, there's blood on that one. And they, they, like, yes. rinsed it off. And like, your turn. She was like, like, yeah, no. because it needed to be drained. It's like, ooh. Don't they oh. call the Nettie Potts? I see that the thing. Nettie Potts I've heard of. I've never heard of his Nettie String. And like, no, I've I know never people, heard of a Nettie String And I know either. people who swear by Nettie Potts. I can't get it to oh, work. Yeah. For me, I can't either. I tried to once, and I feel like I inhaled the saline up my nose, and it was like burning. And I, I just, I know a hundred percent that I didn't do it right, but I couldn't even like get myself to try it again because that burning sensation was so yeah, awful. It, it doesn't. I didn't have that bad of a thing. I just, I can. No matter how I tilt my head or move my head or move around, it just doesn't come out the other side. And so I just have like a yeah. nose full of of saline that's just like, okay, this is just not doing and then it doesn't move and it's like this is not doing anything this is just yeah. hot warm water on my nose um and so i get like so i've i guess Nettie has something to do with sinuses and stuff because i was yes. i was already worried when jenny was like i had you know huge bouts of diarrhea last night and they're like yoga poses i'm like i would not want to do <laughs> yoga poses after that like seems like this is a bad idea <laughs> seems like, like a terrible stuff idea gonna- <laughs> Yeah, you're squeezing on things. Gravity isn't helping the situation. <laughs> you're stretching I don't everything know. out and bending over in the middle. Like, no, this is not good. This is not good. Because I kind of, I was with the mom a little bit. Because it was like, yeah, you had diarrhea last night. Whatever, right? Mm-hmm. It's like you can come and ha- you can come and sit and have tea with us, right? Yeah, I get that. And to be like, I do my job. I got three, four, five cases of diarrhea, which is like. Yes, if you're working in the home and you're never that far from a toilet, great. Like, you can kill yeah, about your sure. work, you know, after that. But, like, as soon as they were, like, vomiting, it was like, no, no, no. I'm like, like I was like, I would just be like, yeah, no, I can't handle that. Because I get, if I want, we've, I've done this before. Once I have, like, one vomit, vomit, like, for whatever reason, food poisoning, other reasons, people vomit in the middle of the night. Um <laughs> I'm like out for like 12 straight hours because I'm just like, I can't keep anything down. I can't like even drink water or anything. It's terrible. And so that's what I was like. I was like, well, if I was in Jenny's position, she's going to know exactly how sick I really am (laughs) in a minute here. Oh, yeah. I will say I had food poisoning once. And what I learned from that experience is watermelon is like the best thing that you can eat when you're vomiting or whatever, because it's like. First of all, it's mostly water to begin with, so it's hydrating. But sure. on the way back up, it doesn't taste weird, and it's actually kind of – it makes your throat feel okay. Because, I mean, I don't think watermelon's very acidic, so. No, I guess not. Yeah. I guess not. I don't know. It yeah, just, so it on just the way struggle. back up is the reason why I say watermelon's like the best thing you can have when you're feeling nauseous. Fair. Fair. Just because, yeah, yeah of that. But like – Not so oh, bad man. coming back up. Just it was saying. just – and this was just like – it was such a gross out episode. I don't – wasn't expecting – like I no. definitely expected the mom being like, you're fat. You're lazy. You you do nothing. You're old. You can't cook. 
but then I didn't expect her to be like, you didn't stick this thing in your nose. And <laughs> the communal netty. <laughs> yeah. And also like the, um, I don't know, I, I, I wanted to argue with her a little bit because she was like, ah, she's too old. She can't do these yoga poses I can do. I'm so much stronger than her. And I was like, wait a second. I'm going to stop you right there because I can't do any of the yoga poses you did. Right. I am, and I am much younger than both of you. <laughs> Much younger than her, I am 100% positive that I am significantly stronger than her. <laughs> like, uh, yeah. like, you can do these yoga poses? Let's bench. Let's go. How much? <laughs> oh, goodness. Yeah. But I think also um, there's just different aspects of it, right? Because, like, I think uh, you could measure flexibility as something, you know, and I would say that I am not flexible. But can I run a half marathon? Yeah. Same boat. I, well, I am. I am. I am pretty – I don't think I've ever met anybody that's as inflexible as me. I'm uh, I'm crazy. pretty inflexible. Like I have stiff hips. I feel like it's from running but not really. <laughs> yeah, I just I, – I have all kinds of stuff where it's like I can't – like I can't do it. The one the one that gets me – even my physical therapist did it. Like when I, I had back problems and she was like went to stretch like my, my uh, hamstrings and was just like pushed up and was like – Wait, that's it? This is as far as they go. <laughs> this is as far as like and – and it wasn't like – it wasn't like, you know, oh, I'm sure you can try harder. She was the one pushing them up and was like, oh, oh, geez. Like, wow. <laughs> All right. But moving into people that were perhaps a little bit too flexible, um, last oh group is Ari and Binium. So it's finally the day of Avi's surgery, which is only supposed to take about an hour or so for the procedure. So um, Ari calls Benny on the way to the hospital. It's super early and everyone is just a bit worried as they go in. So when we see – then we see Ari bring in an empty stroller to the waiting room and Janice is trying to calm her down the best she can because eh, last time Avi had a procedure in a hospital, it was a circumcision and uh, Ari didn't handle it very well. <laughs> so about five hours later, we hear that the surgery went fine and um, – Ari does much better in the hospital this time, which she credits credits to the lack of language barriers and the presence of her support network, a.k.a. Janice. So after the surgery, both Ari's sister and mother start in on the push like, you can't go back to Ethiopia. You got to stay in the U.S. Janice is very concerned about well, what we hear about Benny's behavior, and she thinks he's not prioritizing his family. So they slag on Benny for being an unserious person without a plan for the future. But it's only exacerbated by the stories that Ari has been hearing, I guess, out of Ethiopia, how basically after she left, their house became the party house um, for like all the neighborhood dudes um, and all his what she calls his toxic friends. So another idea they have is that, you know, maybe because Benny can't come to the U.S. yet, she shouldn't go back to Ethiopia, but maybe they should go to a third country just to get him away from those bad influences before they can come to the U.S., she suggests Kenya, which is a place they're both familiar with because they met there anyway. So now we hear that later Ari has heard all kinds of rumors about Benny's party lifestyle and she's seen all kinds of photos with random people in their house. And she says that's because their iCloud is linked so they keep popping up on her uh, uh, camera roll. But mm. on top of that, she's he said she says he's not really calling or asking about her and Avi. So she's talking to him on the phone and they're skipping over acknowledging the gigantic amount of lip fillers that Ari got in the meantime. I and know, instead, right? I was like, what is – I was like, is this the same person? How much time has happened? Right. That, well, she says she's been out, gone for two months. But she clearly didn't have the lip fillers when Avi got his surgery and yeah. then definitely had them when they were having this conversation. Right. Like she looked completely different. But anyway, they skipped that. And they instead talk about her being offended about like she doesn't know who was in her house, who's sleeping in her bed, why Avi's bedroom apparently was just like cleaned out and his stuff is gone. Uh, what? He, well, she said they took down the crib. That's what I meant. No. They took down the crib, which was just a pack and play. So it's not like a huge deal. But anyway, he tries to defend himself by saying, oh, we're just, you know, doing my music stuff. And, you know, maybe I didn't call you back because I was busy in the studio. But anyway, she cuts that off to drop to drop her big bomb. She is not coming back to Ethiopia. He sighs and starts pulling the, why are you doing this? You promised and all that. But she just you know, it says that his behavior is beyond the pale and you can't blame this. Like it's just a cultural difference. She hints that he might be cheating on her. 
telling him that a lot of people seem to have opinions about what's going on in the house and who's been seen going in and out. And Ari even says that Wish told him directly that there have been women at the house and that he's been like seen out and about with other women. So in addition to Wish, it seems like Ari also intercepted some suspicious messages when his messenger was on her phone. They don't really clarify how that happened, though. And she says she's being she's but she says she doesn't care about all that. She's willing to give him a chance, but only if he's willing to move to Mombasa where they can be so they can be together there. So his choice now is either Kenya or a divorce and a custody agreement. He says that she's being bossy and doesn't like being bossed around. But then she yells at him, tells him that it's the last chance and hangs up the phone. So what do you think's happened to this house? I don't know, but it was kind of crazy how their segments, like, escalated. Yeah. You know, like, one minute, like, Avi's in for surgery. And, you know, Benny's, like, worried. And the next thing you know, I was just like, wait, I feel like we missed a lot. And, I mean, granted, they're far apart, so we kind of did miss a lot. It's not like they were filming these women, like, you know, right, going right, right. in through the house. So everything is basically being retold to us. And it was just like, oh, my gosh, this escalated so quickly. Um, I do kind of feel like there's something shady going on because otherwise, why would his sister throw him under the bus like that? Right. She wouldn't. Right. She does not. She didn't want Ari to leave in the first place. You know, she thought that she would never come back with Avi. Mm -hmm. And the fact that she's telling Ari this, she has to know that that means that she may not come back. Right. Well, I think. I think it was kind of a gambit on her part because I think she was seeing what's going on in the house and being like, oh, shit, she might not come back. Like she finds like not if she finds out about this, but the later, the longer this goes on before she finds out about it, the Mm -hmm. less likely it is she'll come back. Right. And so it had to be like, yeah, yeah, but yeah, it is. It is a risk because either way, yeah, telling her means she might not come back too. Yeah. Yeah. It's crazy. And here's what I think, though. I don't know that Benny is – and they say the bad influences. I hate the freaking bad influences nonsense. I know. Ugh. Like the goofballs and stuff. It's like you're going to do your crap anyway. Right. You know? It's like, like you know who chose those people you. to hang out with? Benny did. Like yeah. he chose it. But I will say that I think with his friends and with basically everybody, he's a total pushover. And I think yeah. they live in this cool, probably best house in the neighborhood because, you know, Ari's parents are paying for it. Right. Yeah. They got this big, awesome house. It's empty. He's there alone. And his friends are like, why are we why would we hang out at our place? Your house is the house. Like you have the best yeah. house in the thing. You got the TVs. You got the things. Let's we hang out at your house. You put the studio in there. We'll be, it'll be great. It'll be lots of fun. And he's just like, oh, OK. All right. OK. And then they're bringing women by and then the women are hitting on him. And he's just like, oh, whatever. OK. 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 I'll go along with everything. And just, just, yeah. he's just an OK, OK, OK. I'll go along guy. Like he's such a pushover. Yeah. I can see that because he doesn't really stand up to Ari. The most he stood up to her is like, I don't like you being bossy. And she's like, what are you talking about? I have less control of you over here than I ever did right. over there, you know? Yeah. And and so, yeah, when Ari's there, he just wants to be with Ari. It's like, he's also like short-sighted. Like whoever's, whoever's in front yeah. of him right then is who gets to say over what he's doing, basically. Yeah. Right. But I do think things would be very different. I don't think Ari's wrong if they were in the same area or they were if he was living over here. Now, I actually think her um, like conclusion or resolution is fair. You know, like she Mm -hmm. does want him away from the women and this problematic friends. And she says that she wants it to be neutral ground. And -hmm. I think it's a decent compromise considering she is basically at this point just assuming he's cheating. Right. And he should be so lucky to even get like a chance where, you know, he can actually go. Yeah. At this point, she's like, listen, I am every nobody would blink and I am completely justified in breaking this whole thing off. And Mm -hmm. so like. Everything is going to happen on my terms. And her terms aren't like I'm staying in the U.S. forever. She's still giving him an opportunity to be with her and his child. So I would agree that, yeah, that's pretty fair. Yeah. Yeah. 
And that's something that I would not expect from someone like Ari to be kind of fair like that. Right? Oh, yeah. Well, Kish, yeah, she has a she has a lot of haters like as like the evil harpy who's controlling this man. And it's like, eh, like, yeah. Yeah. All right. So we saw everyone this week. Um, so who was your student of the week? Oh, I'm going to go with Jenny just for not like throwing up after watching all that. Like, <laughs> Being like a team player, I guess, but like, oh, just because they made her sit there and watch all that, just ugh, fine. Here you go, Jenny. Take the take the reward, like, and go away. <laughs> right. Um, I actually said my student of the week. I went with Evelyn. Okay. So I felt like she is coming up, kind of like uh, you know, Ari in this way, coming up with a plan that is realistic but not immediate you know she's not like okay yeah you can come back into the house right she's like okay we're gonna still take this slow and i think that's reasonable for what has happened mm-hmm. sure yeah all right tell what about your dunce i'm with binium like that's just yeah i mean we can believe like a little bit of what we're saying it's like mm-hmm. i mean the way oh i care so much i care so much i care so much and then it sounds like he put like negative amounts of effort. It sounds like the effort he put into yeah, was de- right. specifically designed to drive them away, not to be like, I'm taking care of everything and you should come back and it's going to be amazing and we'll be a great family when you come back. It's like just really, really dumb, like crazy yeah. dumb. Yeah. Uh, my dunce is Alina okay. for quickly uh, – for being too quick to forgive Steven and falling for his dumb – Oh, here's a present. Oh, you wrote something nice. Like, I forgive everything you've done. It's like, oh, God, Alina. Yeah. You know, because, you know, we have said Stephen has been our dunce quite a bit. Yes. In the last few weeks. Yes. Right. At what point do you recognize, like, that there's two people in this relationship and no one's forcing her to be in a relationship with this? No. Dunce. No, in know? fact, so other people are very too. much discouraging her from being in a relationship with this. I dunce. know, right? Yeah. Oh, oh. goodness. Yeah, it's funny because that goes to that goes to my life lesson. My life lesson is that um, you shouldn't believe, or at least you should take with a giant grain of salt, big romantic gestures that come when somebody's in tr- because they're in trouble. Yes, I yeah, I absolutely agree. With like that. when if they have us think about strategically, if it's romantic, that's great. When did they do it, and why did they do it? Like they just did it because yeah. oh, I got to get out of the doghouse. So here's a bit, here's a present and a poem. Like you got to You have to take that with a mm, really not believe it, honestly. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, so my life lesson I feel like applies to so many couples this week. It applies to Corey and Evelyn. It applies to uh, Ari and Binyam. It applies to Stephen and Alina. It's like if you don't want to be in a relationship because you want to sleep around, don't be in a relationship. Like ever, it's not fair to anyone involved. Like, if you're trying to, like, be with other people, then fine. Be with other people. No one can fault you on it if – as long as you're not committing yourself to someone else. Yeah. I mean, it, I, yeah, I don't get it. It's, it's something that, that – it doesn't make any sense to me either. But, like – It seems easy and very black and white to me. And I don't understand why we have so many of these guys doing it. Yeah. I mean, I th- – there's definitely a certain type of guy I would put Steven more in this camp than anybody else who almost stays in a relationship because it makes him less threatening to the other women and like that mm. like allows him like it lets him like flirt around a little bit more and they're not as everybody's not on, as on guard and stuff like that um, mm-hmm. which is a, a, a gross way of looking at it but yeah like it is weird that it's like once they get in yeah, if you want to sleep around, sleep around. But I feel like yeah, maybe not Victor. Victor probably can was just do him just fine. But like I feel like Corey <laughs> was like not is not used to maybe maybe not this like being able to sleep around. Like I don't get it. Right. I don't know. I feel like um Evelyn has a point. She said that not on this episode, but I think Corey does fine for himself down there because yeah. he's a white dude with um blue eyes and you know, and I think in countries where it's mostly kind of like brown or darker skin people. Like they like that because it's novelty, it's different. Right? right? It's different. Sure. Yeah. That's fair. That's so fair. 
I think that's why he does okay for himself. Like, you know, he's been down in Ecuador. You know, he got Evelyn's attention. Yeah, it's just, I mean, at the end of the day, it's just that some assholes want to want to have both. They want to have yeah. the, the security of the commitment and also the fun of, of sleeping around. Oh, goodness. Yeah. All right. So uh, we will be back next week. Anything else that's on in the 90 day fiance world right now? Oh, not that not that I've seen. I mean, we're we have a, what a few more episodes. We can't we can't be that many more. Right. We have the We've oh, had right. in the preview oh, so we were for talking the, about this. Yeah. Like yes. Coming up with the which one is it? It's before, right? Yes, I think it's before the 90 days. So okay. the ones where they haven't met yet. Right. Yeah. So that's coming up in December. So I think we have, yeah, at least a few more episodes before they do a tell-all. I can't remember if they did a tell-all last time for The Other Way. Because The Other Way is a much more difficult one for them to round up because they're all in other countries. Yeah. Oh, that would be disappointing. I really want people to I yell at Steven. I because <laughs> I remember Evelyn being virtual and Corey being in person. I am remembering that. Okay. Okay. Yeah. We sure that was the last season? I don't even know. I don't even know. <laughs> I feel like they've only been on one other season. But yeah, I think that that's a thing. Because I remember Evelyn putting her finger up like, I don't uh, have a ring, ring on. on. Uh-huh. Oops. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, we will be back next week either way. Yep. We'll see everybody then. Okay. Okay. Till then. Bye. Bye. Good.